It's so great to be here, and I just look forward to what God's going to do in this place tonight. I don't think he's done. I think he has, a, he has something for you tonight. And I know you came expecting because I sense it. I feel it in the air. I feel there's an expectation. What is God going to do in this place? With that expectation, I, I don't want you to limit God. You know, I grew up in this apostolic truth my entire life on the church pew. And I know how it is sometimes when you have a missionary come and, and yeah, you kind of sit back and I, I'm going to listen to the stories and I'm going to see pictures and we're going to go through the routines. And we, we put on our missionary, missionary expectation. We love it, but, but maybe we're not excited or, or as enthusiastic in worship as normal. But I ask you tonight, if you will, I'm going to tell some stories. I'm going to give you some testimonies. But more importantly than that, I want God to do something great. That's most important in this place today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so honored to have my family with me. And uh, my son, Brock, he's 17. He lives with us still in Poland. My daughter, Macy, getting married soon. It's part of the reason we're home. She'll be getting married on January 2nd. And uh, she no longer lives with me in Poland, but I'm praying still. But I want God's will. I'm very proud of her, and I tease her all the time. And so, but in my wonderful, beautiful wife, I want her to come testify and leave a word. She is an important part of my ministry of what God's doing in the work in Poland. Couldn't do it without her. Praise the Lord. It's so great to be in the house of God tonight. I love the presence that I feel here. Amen. He's worthy of all the glory. He's worthy of all the honor. He's worthy of all the praise. Amen. It is a wonderful feeling when we come together with like-minded people that miracles can take place. Healing can take place. Anxiety can go out the door. Depression can leave. It has no place in the house of God. And I'm so thankful that we can come together and worship and magnify his name. Amen. I'm just going to leave a short testimony with you. I received the Holy Ghost 37 years ago on December the 2nd, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I had came, we had came to church, my family was broken, um, my parents divorced, my mom remarried, and we were a blended family very quickly. I grew up in Muncie, Indiana, and I think somebody else did too, <laughs> that's what I've rumored. <laughs> and so... Um, growing up in the church uh, at the age of six, I received the Holy Ghost. And at the age of 14, God called me to be a missionary. I knew without a doubt he spoke to me very clearly and was, I was going to be a missionary. I didn't know where. My mom knew, she said, but <laughs> I didn't know. But from that moment, um, you know, God, when you completely surrender to him, God has a way of orchestrating every step of your life. Growing up in the, the church in Muncie, we had choirs and we sang quite often. I was singing in the children's choir, the youth choir, the traveling choir, the adult choir, and it was my life. But as I got married and moved on, the choir was no longer a part of my ministry. So when I moved to Poland, I had no idea that um, well, I thought that part of it was completely over, that we were going to do certain things in Poland. But God had other plans. When I went there, um, about a year and a half into it, we stumbled upon a community gospel choir. 
And in that community gospel choir, it's made up of all different uh, denominations, religion. They love to just sing gospel music. They don't know why. A lot of them didn't know why at that point. And uh, they just liked the rhythm. They liked the lyrics. They were believers. Some of them were. Some of them were not. But they just liked what they felt when they started singing. I was able to go and be involved in a workshop. Now, remind you, I grew up in this, but had left it for a while, the gospel community. And so when I went there, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There are choirs here. And so the city we live in, Krakow, we have the first ever gospel choir that's been there about 21 years. And I had the honor of going there and auditioning for the choir. I had never done anything like that. You know, we're in church, so we just sing. You know, that's what you do. You don't audition. You just sing, at least where I grew up. And so we go there. And so I go there. And I go there for almost one year before anybody would speak to me. They, they sang in English. They didn't sing in Polish. But they sang in English because they, they liked that. But something shifted. Every time that I would go into that rehearsal, I would pray, God, let them see you. Don't let them see me. Don't let them hear me. Let them see you. I want Christ to come out of my mouth. And there was a moment there that God decided to let that break. And from that moment on, I now conduct that choir. I'm the director of that choir. Amen. It's a miracle. It's nothing on my own. I tell you, remember, young people, I want to remind you, I came from a broken family. I was a mess. I, don't, I didn't deserve to be where I was at. I didn't have the um, music education to conduct a choir, but I had the experience and I had the Holy Spirit to lead me. And so now this choir, before they would never uh, maybe... Uh, pray. They would never do devotions. Now we open every rehearsal with prayer and devotion. We do the technical part, and now we end with the time of worship. And I can say right now, I won't say everything he's going to say, but right now we have now choir members that is part of this community group. Now they attend our church, and they come. Amen. Let me tell you something. God, will, t when you completely surrender to him, he will take you beyond your education. He will take you beyond your social status. He will take you beyond your dreams when you fully submit to him. Don't be afraid. Don't think there's no way I can do it. I'm here. I'm living proof that you can be whatever God wants you to be in him, through him, if you surrender everything to him. Give it completely to him. And I'm telling you what, I had dreams of what I thought we were going to do in Poland, but they are so small and so little to what he's allowed us to experience the last 10 years. It really blows my mind. And I'm so thankful for the revival that is there in the city of Krakow, in the country of Poland, and for all that he is pouring out in that city. I give him glory and I give him praise for all that he's doing. Hallelujah. Can we praise God? He will take you farther than you ever imagined if you just give it to Him. You want to go on the greatest adventure? Surrender your life to Jesus Christ, and He will take you on the greatest adventure you've ever known. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is doing amazing things in the country of Poland. We are blessed to be there, honored to be there humbled that God has placed us there. Poland is an absolute gorgeous place. 
It's home to over 38 million people. And though I love you playing, you can play all night if you want to, but you're more than welcome to whenever you want to. Stop. So if I don't say that now, then I'll just forget about it and enjoy the background music, you know. I said one time, I think everybody will have their own theme music and interest music, you know. You got to preach with music, so, you know, it's better, but I don't want to, you know, take advantage of a, of a beautiful thing, so. But uh, God called us to this country of over 38 million people, and he, he put us in a city of Krakow. He specifically called us to the city of Krakow, and, and it's a place I visited on my very first mission trip just for a short time in 1996, and I fell in love with the city. Its population is about the same as the uh, city of Indianapolis, Indiana, almost identical in population. A little over the suburbs, a little over one million people. It's a thriving city. It's a beautiful city. It's a center of culture and education. And, and many of the universities, some of the oldest universities uh, in the world, really, one of the oldest universities in all of Europe is in the city of Krakow. They, a few years ago, celebrated, I think, their 650th year. Uh, it's a university older than the United States. And and uh, amazing place with amazing people. They speak the Polish language and pray for, pray for us. The Polish language is still a work in progress. It's one of the most difficult languages in the world to speak, but God is still using us, and, and even in the middle of that. And so we went to this country, and God literally called us there. He spoke this, the city to us. He spoke the country to us. And uh, we did, went there. We didn't know what to expect. We moved our family of four 10 years ago this last May to the city of Krakow, and we didn't know a single soul. We got off the plane, and they said, who picked you up at the airport? Well, we got a taxi and went to the hotel because we didn't know anybody. We didn't, we didn't have a contact. I had one email of one person. That was my realtor. He got my keys to my flat the next day, and that's the last time I've seen him. I've never seen him again. And, uh, and that was our, we were dropped off in the country. We landed. We didn't know anybody or anything. See, the country of Poland is very beautiful, lots of people, lots of history, but not a very big history of the apostolic church. In fact, right now, in the, in the, when we arrived, the city of Krakow had never had an apostolic church in its history. And at that moment, there was only one other apostolic church in the whole country four hours away in Warsaw. 38 million people at the time, there was only one apostolic church and. And uh, but the, so the work to do was tremendous. You, you had a country that was deeply in love with God. They just were also bound by tradition and, and and culture and everything restricted them. But God had called us to the city of Krakow, to the country of Poland, with a vision of a revival that would break out from there. When we were here eight, uh, eight years ago, still we had no church. We had developed a few contacts by then. Maybe a handful of people that knew us. We were home on deputation eight years ago when we stopped by here. By the time we returned after that eight, that after our deputation, when we got back to the country, all contacts that we developed were actually gone at that point. They never would get back in contact with us. It's, it's something with the culture. They're very. They don't. They don't warm up to you very quickly. Friendly, but they don't open up very quickly. And so we started over again and developing contacts and relationships, and that's where God threw the door wide open for my wife and actually myself to be involved in the gospel community. It went further down the road. These, these gospel choirs would go on trips. They would take little choir tours, and, and typically they would take a, a priest with them. They would take a, uh, that's the predominant face, so uh, they would travel with them, and 
and they had a tour they were going on a few years ago, Krakow Gospel Choir was, and they didn't have one they could find that would go on the little trip with them for the weekend. So they asked, well, will Tony go with us? He can teach Bible studies, and he can pray with us. And I said, yeah, absolutely, I'll get on that bus. I said, thank you, thank you. And so... Uh, through that, God began to open many, many doors. And, and just through the gospel community alone, literally, God has opened doors. I've taught Bible studies on the meaning of the songs they sing in, in all over the country to hundreds of choir directors, uh, hundreds of community leaders, and hundreds of different choirs all over the country. I've been able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, who Jesus is, and who they're really singing about when they sing Amazing things. God began to connect us with people all over the country and, and through different things. We started home groups and, and Bible studies and, and things, you know, grew. But never it was never, this is, this is a hard place. We were digging something out that never existed. This was all foreign to them. And when I say foreign, it was completely foreign. Never heard of anything like this in their life. Never dreamed of it. I sat in one seminar one time where they were working on translating gospel songs so that they could be understood by Polish people. And one of the songs talked about going down to the river to be baptized. And that was fantastic. I'm sitting in a room of 25 people that were highly educated people that were translators. And they were talking about how do you translate this song. And they began to talk. said, how many people know what going down the river to get baptized is? There wasn't one person in the room that knew what it meant to be baptized by immersion. Not one, let alone the name of Jesus Christ. And we had to sit there and culturally explain to them what it was to get baptized by immersion. That was fun. That was exciting. You ought to see in their eyes. They're like, what in the world is this? God opened so many doors and he began to connect us and begin to grow the ministry. And we see things happen and, and, and it was a process. It, it still is a process. And it's not easy moving into an area where there's never been a move of God and, and build something that has never been. And we begin to work in home groups and different choir things and, and different apps, and God just began to open the door. And then, then about four years ago, God opened the door in a city that was two and a half hours away. And we're like, we're called to Krakow, and that's where the revival's coming. That's where we work for. That's the vision you gave me. The revival will break forth on Krakow. Why are you calling me to a city, opening up a door two and a half hours away? We don't even have a car to get two and a half hours away. How's that all going to work? And God began to provide everything. We get an email. There was a young lady that got baptized, received the gift of the Holy Ghost in Norway, moved back to her family, called us up, said, my mom and dad want a Bible study. A few hours later, the, the organization called us. The win, women's departments were at their general conference and said, hey, we just raised funds for your car. I'm like, great. We just got a need for it two hours ago. Many things transpired, begin to go up there, teach Bible study to the, the mom and dad. And, and through a few months, we end up baptizing both of them in their backyard in the name of Jesus Christ. Mom and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. A few months later, dad receives the gift of the Holy Ghost in a prayer meeting in his living room. God connects us to a, a small non-denominational church there that throws open their arms. My wife starts leading worship every single Sunday. So now we're driving for Sunday from Krakow, two and a half hours every Sunday morning. We go up there. She's leading worship. I'm preaching. I'm throwing my glasses now. 
and, uh, and so that's how excited I am about this. Pastor invites me to preach. I'm going to leave those there. My family's going to talk about this one for a while. So. I'm used to it. It's okay. And, uh, and God's doing amazing things. I ended up teaching search for truth with the whole church for like 10 weeks. The pastor gave me 10 weeks. Teach search for truth with the whole church. Our translator and his wife that's, that was in that church, they come with us and help me translate at a conference we're having in Krakow. After the first service, Yard comes up to me and says, I know, and I know you've talked about this and, and you've told me about this. We've done some Bible studies, but I didn't realize until I came here because there's something different about these people than anything I've ever been around in my life. He's filled with the Holy Ghost, but he wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. He said, the only thing I can put my finger on, the difference is the power in the name of Jesus. He goes, can I get rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ? If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're missing out on something outstanding and wonderful and great. It's life-changing. It's life-saving. You can speak in tongues, and I'm thankful, God, for the Holy Ghost. But unless you're buried in the name, uh, you're not fully submerged in the power of Jesus' name. A few weeks later, his wife calls and says, hey, I've, I've tested it. I can get all the way under my water in my bathtub. Can my husband baptize me? I can't wait any longer. I said, yeah. She goes, here's the phone. Tell him how to do it. Fast forward, after being there for a while, God began to put people together in the city of Krakow. We're doing home groups in Krakow. We're driving to Shadowvitz every Sunday. Finally, God says it's time for a building in Krakow. Time for a church building. We're excited about it. Lots of things. I can go into a whole story and a big big story about how God, but God ended up placing us and giving us a building right in the middle of the city in one of the most popular districts, uh, historical districts in the city. He opened up a large space for us to begin to worship God. We remodeled the place. Because we went there every Sunday, we ended up doing Saturday worship. That was okay. It worked for a while. And then it was Easter Sunday. Well, before that, but Easter Sunday 2019, the worship center has been started, but we're doing Saturday worship, and it's difficult to get people to change their schedules and be at church on Saturday. It just really is. And we have a small group of people that, that were gathering, and God began to deal with my heart. Things begin to change in Shadwovit. Some doors begin to close in the spirit. And God said, it's time for Krakow. This is the vision I gave you originally. It's time to come back. That was for a time. At this time, our translators that were in Shadowvis had moved to Krakow for work. Now we're driving half the church up to Shadowvis every Sunday. I'm like, why are we doing this? So on Easter Sunday, 2019, we launched the worship center in Krakow. Beginning having Sunday morning worship every single Sunday. God began to feel the place. We literally, because of our location, is so close to the city center and and so close to the surrounding, people are walking around the city all the time. We literally have people walk in off the streets to our service. They hear it outside. They literally, people have walked in off the street from our service. God's been blessing over the last year and a half. We've seen God do incredible things, incredible miracles. 
we, we got connected through a long way to get connected. But anyways, in our church, we have Belarusians. We have people from Belarus that come into our church. From Minsk, we have a family, couple families from Ukraine. We got people from Poland. We got a young man from uh, Hungary. We got people from all over Europe coming there. It's a multicultural church in a place that's not very multicultural. He's blessing. He's adding to the church. We had it through this family in Minks. They had a they had a connection to a guy that that was Muslim, but they were doing Bible studies. I sent him some information in in, in his language, and he was in Saudi Arabia, and, and they were talking. And he finds out he has cancer, and he didn't know what to do. So I sent him some scriptures. Pray these scriptures. God can heal you. Pray these. Pray these. And and our church goes to prayer. Our little group of people. At this point, I think we're like nine, nine, ten people, and, and and we go to praying with him, and and we go to pray, and and he's praying, and he calls us back the next week. He goes uh, the night before I went in to see the doctor, the 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 cancer specialist. He goes, I woke up and two guys in white are dressed on each side of my bed. It scared me to death. And I said, he said, what are you doing? He said, I asked him, what are they doing? They said, never mind, go back to sleep. We're just working. He goes into the doctor. The doctor comes in, looks at his test. He, they, they go back out. They come back in. They ask for the guys all of his documents. They need to see all of his documents. They, it takes them an hour to match up these things to prove this guy was the one from the original test because he says you have no cancer at all in your body. said, doctor goes, what did you do? He goes, I don't know. I had one church in Poland praying for me. He didn't even know how to pray for himself. He was just reading the scriptures. Never read the Bible. He's just reading what we gave him. And he said, I just had one, one church in Poland praying for me. Doctor goes, I need the address to that church. God's doing amazing things through our building and, and, and bringing people in and, and everything God was doing and, and revivals breaking out, Bible studies going on. At the first of this year, January 2020, God gives us a, a vision. We, exp we added space to our worship center. We rented some more office space that was connected. And, and, and so we grew now and, and uh, we were taking on extra rent and God told us, okay, start an English school. That's what you're going to do. You're going to start a language school. That was, uh, that was January 2020. He also said you need to start a Bible school. January 2020, he says you need to start a Bible school. I said, outstanding. Thank you, God. I'm excited. A Bible school, okay. How are we going to do that? We don't have anything translated into Polish. In fact, in all the time and all the ministry, there is only one Bible study translated entirely into Polish in the entire country. One Bible study. I'm like, I'm, you want me Bible curriculum into Polish? How are we doing this? And then we all know 2020 happened. <laughs> January 2020, God's saying, do this. And, and uh, we're saying, okay, we're excited about it. We start things rolling. Okay, we're going to hire somebody to do all the translation work. We'll begin to translate curriculum, and, and we'll work for this. We'll, we'll launch the English school. This was all, and we come to March, and everything stops. The world stops. Everything shuts down. We know we're living in it right now, right? May, I'm on a Zoom Bible study with some ministers from all over the world, and 
something was spoken and something spoke to my heart. It reminded me of something that made me feel kind of stupid for a moment, Pastor. Because it was like, the question was, did God in January of 2020 not know about a pandemic? You know, sometimes we act like God doesn't understand where we're at. God tells us to do something, and we act like God, well, God, you don't understand what I'm dealing with right now. January 2020, God gave us a vision and a goal and a purpose and a mission. Launch an English school and launch a Bible school. But it's pandemic, God. We can't even meet right now, God. We, there's nothing going on. There's no, no businesses starting. There's no school starting. What are you thinking? But the vision was God's that he gave us in 2020, January. And the last time I checked, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God knew what was going to happen coming up March of 2020. He understood what we'd be in. He understood about the global pandemic. He is not surprised by this. And if his word in January 2020 was his word, then it didn't change because of a pandemic. His vision and his mission doesn't change by our circumstances. If God says to do something, he doesn't mean if everything is perfect, do it. He says, do it. And this leads me to what I, I, uh, the word I want to share with you tonight. I'm blending this all together because it's how it's going to work. God basically said, do you see it? Do you still see it? Vision, school, Bible school. And I thought, of what can I title this? And, I, and we're in Christmas season, so I thought, do you see what I see? God says, do you see what I see? Do you still see what I showed you? Do you still see what I said to you in January 2020? See, I, began, I did a little research on do you see what I see. That whole song was written during a Cuban Missile Crisis where people were scared to death. And the song was written because it brought peace. God's word brings peace. God's vision brings peace. When you know where God wants you to go, there's peace in your life. When you know which direction you're headed, there's going to be peace. When you're confused, when you're blinded, when you can't see, then you're fearful. Then you have anxiety. But when you're following God, there's peace. And so we said, I said, okay, God, that was your word then. There's somehow you want to do it now. So what do we do? September this year, we launched the English language school. Launched the website, launched the school, got it all together. I had two students in September. Now I have several more students. I'm still teaching English right now. From over here in the United States, it wasn't what I thought it would be. It's not where I thought it would be, but it still started in God's still blessing. The Bible school, we hired the translator full-time. 
We're using Purpose Institute curriculum started by Bishop Ellis over in Ohio. We're using his curriculum. Our organization split the cost so we were able to hire a full-time translator. Starting in August, we hired a young lady, a new convert, Justin, coming into the community. She is translating 48 hours a week, translating Bible school curriculum. March, we launched the Bible School, Purpose Institute, Krakow. With the first semester, we meet once a month, one Saturday a month, for nine hours of Bible school teaching. Our first semester right now, we have three classes down, one more to go in January. We had over 14 people registered for the very first semester of Purpose Institute Bible School. One of those young ladies are from the choir and doesn't even attend our church, but is growing closer to God and getting the apostolic doctrine poured into her because she wants to know what the Word of God has to say. Where God's going to go is beyond our imagination. During COVID, during the pandemic, Pastor, I know a lot of people have struggled, but our church has thrived. God has blessed us in a time of pandemic. God has blessed us in a time where no one else can meet. There's other churches in our city that can't meet, but God gave us a big enough space that according to the square meters and the number of people, we've been able to meet every Sunday since Pentecost Sunday. We've been having church, and not all we have to meet, but we've grown. God sent us new families and new couples and new Bible studies. When God says go and God gives you the vision to do it and you step out and do it in the midst of a pandemic, He will bless it. Last Sunday was our last Sunday there. We're here till after the first year in the wedding. We had 23 in service on our last Sunday service. 23 worshiping God. 23 with their hands raised. 23 praising God. This Sunday morning at 5 a.m., it's 5 a.m. here. They're six hours uh, ahead of us. I got up and was watching the service as, as some of the people began to and That lady that we hired as a translator, new to our church, she led worship for the first time. On Sunday morning, her mom and her grandfather, first-time guests, were in service this Sunday morning. Tears pouring down their faces as they're moved under the presence of God. I don't care if it's a pandemic. It doesn't stop God. It doesn't stop His presence. His word never stops. His mission never stops. There's so many very close to breakthrough in baptism. I want you to pray for that. We need to break through in baptisms. We need to revive on baptisms. They're at, they've had the Bible studies. They're at the, they're at the edge. They're bound by spiritual tradition of the country and culture and everything else. And they're so close, they want to take that step. I believe God's breaking chains, opening doors, and there'll be people baptized even while we're gone. But I also believe in this house tonight. I want someone's faith to arise now. I like what your pastor said. We're not waiting until 2021. God's not a, let's pause and wait till the pandemic's over kind of God. He doesn't work that way. He doesn't take breaks. He doesn't go on vacation. 
He doesn't social distance. He's a hands-on God. And he's the same. Pandemic, he's the same. Poland, he's the same. Lafayette, he's the same. Doesn't matter, God's still the same. Same God in January 2020 is the same God here tonight. He didn't change. And I give you a word from God. Jesus, many times, was checking with his disciples. You can read throughout the Gospels. Who do you see? What do you see? Who do you think I am? What do you think's going on? He's always asking, can you see it? Can you understand it? Do you have a vision for it? I'm training you. I'm teaching Jesus as a disciple. But he's always checking up with the disciples. Do you see it? Do you see what God, do you see what I'm doing here? Do you understand? I'm going to go to the cross. Do you see it? He was okay. He wanted you to see it. That's the reason when everything was over, he even resurrected. What did he do? He showed himself. See it. See me, Peter. See me, Mary. See me, Thomas. I want you to see me because there's something you have to do. God wants us to see things today. He wants to get a clear vision of where he's going. In Mark chapter 8 and verse number 18. And I'm not going into a message. Don't get worried. Don't get stressed. We're about ready to let God do his thing. Okay? Okay? Don't worry. My, my, my family's with me. They're not going to let me go too long. I promise. But I do have my glasses off, so I can't see anything. Mark chapter 8 and verse 18. Jesus says, having eyes to see, see ye not. Having ears to hear, hear ye not. And also, do ye not remember? What was God saying to you in January 2020? What did God speak to you at New Year's Eve service 2019? What was he showing you? What was he saying where you're going to go, the ministry you were going to do? What was he saying? The, the steps he wanted you to take, the mission he wanted to put you on. What was God saying? Some of us, it's been so long, I'm asking you tonight, and God's asking you, do you remember? Do you still see what God showed you at the beginning of this year? Do you see it? Later on in that same chapter, going on down to verse number 23, he takes a blind man and he took a blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when they had spit in his eyes and he put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw. And he looked up and said, I, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again on his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and he saw clearly. Do you see it? How are you seeing? Do you see clearly? Or is your vision distorted? Do you see clearly? Or has the pandemic kind of distracted you? And all you see is trouble and chaos. And all you see is worry and strife. Do, you, do all you see is the politics of the world. And, and the pandemic and the news. And the, is that all you're seeing? Because it's easy for us to get distracted. It's easy for us to not see clearly. Scientists did a study 
It's been a few years back, and you may have heard of it. It was a book written called The Invisible Gorilla. I don't know if you ever heard of it before. Some of you may have. The study was based on a small video of six people, three in white shirts and three in black shirts. If you go and watch it now on YouTube, you'll probably see what I'm talking about. But I have tested it, and it does work this way. They showed this video to people, three people in white shirts, three people in black shirts, and they were intermingling, passing a basketball. And you were told at the beginning of the video to count how many passes the white shirts made. And while you're counting in this minute video, there's a nine-second part where someone dressed in a gorilla suit walks into the middle of the circle of these six people, turns and beats their chest, and walks out. The study showed that over 50% of the audience never sees the gorilla. You're saying, how is that possible? I tested my father just yesterday. I was like, (laughs) I'm like, is this for real? So I took it to dad. I said, because my dad's a sharp fellow. I love my dad. He's a very good guy. He's the reason I am who I am today. I give my my credit to my father. He's my pastor. He's He's my mentor. I'm like, he's going to see the gorilla. Come on. And I show him this little one-minute video, and he gets done. I said, how many passes? He said, 15. I said, great, Dad. Did you see the gorilla? He said, there was no gorilla there. I said, I'll roll it back for him. He says, okay, I didn't see it. The whole scientific study said when you become so focused on one thing or things going on, you miss things that are right in front of you. Your natural eye will miss a gorilla in a, a man in a gorilla suit standing there beating his chest right in the middle of what you're watching and you'll not see it. I feel like right now some of us, God is standing in the middle of the pandemic craziness and circle. He's beating his chest and saying, do you see me? I am still here. I still have a work to do. Stop looking at the mess and the chaos. Stop looking at the circle. I will, do you see what I see? Don't be distracted. The music would come. The music would come. I ask you this question. Do you see it? Do you see what God sees? Do you still see what you saw in January 2020? Do you still see it? Or do you, is it blurry? I'm not here to convict you if it's blurry. I'm not here to convict you if you've lost sight of it. If it's distractions of life and world has has totally brought you away from that vision and you no longer see it. It's okay. I'm not here to convict you. I'm here to show you something that God showed me. In the story of the blind man here, it's the only progressive miracle in the entire Bible. He touched him once, but his vision wasn't clear. And he touched him a second time. And he saw clearly. There's lots of speculations and theologians will debate it and they all come up with different things and I've read all about it and have everybody's idea. Here's just what I want to say to you tonight. I don't care what the reason why. Sometimes we need a second touch. Sometimes when we can't see it clearly, we just have to ask God, can you just touch us one more time? Can you just clear it up for me? 
Can you just, can you help me see what you see? Can, I want to see it like you see it. I want to see it like you showed it. Can you just clear it up for me, God? I just need a second touch. And we're sitting here tonight. I know we're coming to, 2020's coming to the end. And, and we're all hoping this pandemic will be over. But the time is not when it's over. The time is not 2021. The mission is now. Revival is now. Souls are dying now. And they need a church. They need someone who sees it like God sees it. That sees the lost and the dying. That sees it like he showed it to you. He's asking you, do you see what I see? When you go to the store, do you see what I see? Or all do you see is mask? All you see is is, is separation and, and barriers and hand sanitizer? Or do you see them as a lost soul still? Do you see them as someone who needs the gospel? Or are you blinded? We, we don't have time to wait. We don't have time to wait for pandemic to be over. We serve a right now, God. That if he said it in January, he still wants to do it now. And if you can't see it, it's okay. I serve a God of second touches. He'll touch you again. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe you've even walked away from God. Maybe you're here tonight and it's been a long time since you felt the touch of heaven. I serve a God that touches a second time. He'll touch you again. He'll clear it up. He'll give you clear sight. He'll let you see it. He'll let you see him clearly. You don't have to wait. Your family being saved, it doesn't have to wait till the end of pandemic. Your co-workers being saved, it doesn't have to wait till the end of pandemic. Healing doesn't wait till the end of pandemic. God is still healing now. God's still added to the church now. Revival's now. Can we stand in this place today?